On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, we're going to talk about Kelly's adventures in Chicago for All-Star Weekend, as well as James Harden and Russell Westbrook's trip there. Uh, We're going to get into the two new Rocket players, and then we're going to answer some of your questions. Speaking of looking fresh, is that velvet you have? (laughs) Biggie Velvet. Mo Dackel. This guy's amazing. Rocket fans, welcome back to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me, as always, is our man on the ground, athletic beat writer for the Houston Rockets, Kelly Eco. He's fresh from Chicago, so he's just beginning to thaw out after that cold weather. We're going to ask him about that stuff. We're going to get into the two new Rockets. We're going to answer some of your questions once we get our producer, Sasha Ashal, on. She'll Fire some good, some of your guys' great questions. Thank you very much, guys, for responding and sending us questions. We really appreciate it. But first, before we get started, I always like to ask Kelly, how you doing, man? I think I need one of those I Survived Chicago stickers because <laughs> I heard about the cold and everything people told me, but boy, oh boy, it is, it is one thing to experience it and one thing to just hear about it. But I survived. But uh, I have to apologize because, you know, I had... Two great things lined up that week. I was supposed to sit down with Tuck, and I was supposed to sit down with Robert Ory. Now, that would have been something, you know, really good. But, you know, timing, there was timing issues. They had events to go to. So, like, I think Tuck had the Levi's event, and Robert Ory had uh, something with Metro PCS. So, we couldn't get that. But other than that, it was a really good weekend. Um, the Slam Dunk Contest was, was pretty dope. They brought that back. The All-Star Game and the ELAM ending. That was something that we're going to talk about, but it was it was good to see like people getting excited for the game, the players getting into it. You know, Russ, he's going to bring that ferocious energy, that, ten- that tenacity, and it kind of played into what he wants to do. You know, just being that guy, being the aggressor, being the guy that's going to bring energy and stuff like that. And it was good to see both teams playing hard, just giving the fans something to cheer about. And I think it's something you can look forward to, you know, down the line. But uh, apart from that. Chris Paul was there. Oh, forgive me. I'm forgetting the main event. Dwayne Wade's Spades Tournament is the place to be. (laughs) For anybody who has never had the pleasure of going to that, I'm sorry. I don't care. That that place, it's like Disney World times Orlando Studios times, you know, your happy place. Because anybody you can think, it's like a who's who, you know, in, in, in the NBA. And the tournament, you know, they're very competitive guys. James and Russell playing against Donovan Mitchell and um, I'm forgetting his name, the owner, the creator of Stan Sox, you know, in the in the round of 16. You know, they won. They went on to the next round and they lost. They got upset by Rashawn Holmes and his brother. So it was <laughs> it was it was a fantastic night. You know, good vibes, good people, good people all around. Kenny Smith had his birthday party. That was that was dope. Uh, it was a good weekend. It was something that I see why the league, you know, puts such an emphasis on like this weekend every year because it is kind of like spring break for you know everyone that works in the league. So it was fun. Yeah, it sounds like you had a great time. 
let's get into the guys, right? The guys who were playing. So Tucker had a, the event, the Levi's event. He he didn't play in the, in the All-Star game, obviously. But get into what you saw from the game itself, from Russ and from Harden in particular. Speaking of Harden, we've seen a lot of people talking about Giannis's comments or whatever. Uh, personally, I didn't see it as more hating on Harden. But it was certainly interesting to hear him talk about, you know, when he was picking the team, why he didn't pick Harden, and him hearing about the talking about the game plan. But I think Harden played a pretty good game. Just he didn't want to exert too much energy, didn't want to, you know, overstep, you know, boundaries or whatever. But he just played within his role. Uh, he defended pretty well. He made extra passes. You know, he didn't take, you know, 30 threes or 15 threes or whatever. And Russ, I think Russ is the is the bigger one because you knew in the fourth quarter the way that that, that new system is set up that Russ kind of has to be on the floor. And you could see him. He couldn't sit down. He was walking around the court, you know, around the bench. And you, you could tell that he wanted to play. So um, I think from that whole entertainment angle it was fantastic obviously you can get you can get into the the actual logistics like lineups and what have you but i think russ played well i think james played well um and i think it was a good game overall yeah it was fun it was fun i thought uh the only real thing the two things i thought that were interesting one was Mark Davis calling the offensive foul. Oh my god! On, on Harden, that would have been a, the game. Yeah, winner. the game winner. Which, by yep. the way, yep. by yep. the way, I thought it was an offensive foul. But what was weird was Mark Davis was on the other side of the court, and the referee who was right in front of didn't call it. And then Mark Davis came in, and he was very active in this game, officiating down the stretch. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. But uh, that was a big one. And then the funny one was like a couple plays later, I think. Harden had basically a layup if he wanted to take it to win the yeah, game, and, and then and kicks it out. <laughs> I was like, what? "I go like you're not Tony's not on the bench, man. You're supposed to shoot that one." No, but 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 you know, for some of us in you know in media row, we weren't kind of sure of the rules, the exact rules. Someone told me that you have to win by one. Someone told me that it's just one fifty-seven straight up. You know, it was kind of confusing to see. So perhaps the players didn't know. Exactly themselves, but it was a fun game. I I like to still a layup. I like come yeah, on, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> but you you know going back to that Kyle Lowry call, I think it was a no call because if you watch the replay, Kyle Lowry reached right before Harden did the little forearm forearm shiver. So I think the ref called it. I think the ref that was close to the play he made the right call. But then here comes Mark Davis to the rescue. So <laughs> oh, that was that was an interesting <laughs> call. But, you know, luckily his team still won. It, it, it worked out. Team LeBron won. It was it was interesting. And, and the thing about All-Star Weekend and that stuff, it's like how much energy these guys exert. Because you know how, how much the Rockets are going to depend on him and Westbrook, you know, these next 30 games. Like, they need to really get going. And, and I think going forward... You, you know, it was important. Like, I didn't feel like they were really too stressed in this game. I didn't feel like they played too many minutes or anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of what you want to see from an entertainment standpoint. Well, if you're a Rockets fan, you want to see your guys play, but not play too hard. You know, Giannis is over there diving for loose balls and getting in the stands and stuff. I, I don't think the Bucks front office wants to see that. So I, I appreciate him playing hard. <laughs> I appreciate I felt like both teams played hard down the stretch. But let's. Let's move on from the All-Star game 
and let's talk about the the two new additions with the uh, the Rockets. So the Rockets just signed Jeff Green and Damari Carroll. Damari Carroll just got bought out from the Spurs and and, and is joining the Rockets, so he's not going to have to go too far, just two hours away. What's what's your takeaways with these these signings, Kelly? If Mike D'Antoni is going to go all in on small ball, this is kind of what you need in terms of having extra bodies available. You don't want a situation where, you know, injuries and other things can pile up, fatigue, what have you. So you need those guys on the bench ready to step in when they're when the number is called on. You know, especially as Eric Gordon recovers from leg soreness. You need those kind of guys on the roster to do that. And they're veterans. They're 3-and-D guys. So I think it's a low-risk, potentially nice reward. You know, I, I think we'll have to see. But uh, so far, so good. Good moves for them. Yeah, and I think I think these are moves that matter more in the regular season than they will in the playoffs. For sure. I think in the playoffs, they're going to they're gonna, – obviously, D'Antoni has a history of this, of shortening the rotations and everything like that. So. I think these guys will pay dividends now in terms of re- helping guys rest so that by the time they get into the playoffs, it's not like Damari Carroll was really killing it for the Spurs. And, you know, Jeff Green has a long history in the league. We don't have to run through all that stuff, but he has, he does have flashes where all of a sudden he'll have like a really good game and then you won't see him for four games, basically. But I think these guys will play bigger roles in the regular season, kind of helping to helping the Rockets sort of be able to keep guys fresh for once the playoffs roll around. And then they're just kind of a break glass in case emergency type thing in the playoffs. Yeah. And specifically, you know, giving Tucker, you know, some more time to catch a breather every now and then, you know, with Covington, Tucker, House, you know, Eric Gordon when he comes back. Now you don't have to rely on Thabo Cephalosha for 10, 15 minutes. Now you can bring in other guys that can potentially, you know, you know fill that role. Right, and I think that's going to be pretty important for them going down the stretch. Uh, any other Rocket opinions before we go to Sasha Kelly? Yeah, uh, it was good to see James and Chris Paul, you know, in good spirits together. Both yelling at Mark Davis together, like old times. I talked to Chris at the um, at Dwayne Wade's uh, um, Spades party. He's he's in a really happy place. So I think this is one of the rare times. An NBA where a trade happened and there wasn't any real loser from the trade, if you will say, um, because Russ is doing well and so is Chris. So that's good to see. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Sasha, how we doing? That's my, that's my drum roll. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Well, we already talked about that. So we actually have a couple. I thought it might be good to jump right into the questions about uh, Jeff Green. And Mari Carroll. So a couple of people had questions about them. We kind of talked a little bit. We kind of skirted around the edges. Edwin at Edwin H underscore 32 wants to know about your predictions of Jeff Green and Demari Carroll's roles with the Rockets. And at Houston Better wants to know, realistically, how many guys does MDA play a night with these additions? And who plays? Going to the second question first. Um, I think... Dan Tony's going to play somewhere between 8 to 10. I don't think now, especially with the second half of the season, he wants to stretch it to 11, 12 guys in the rotation. Obviously, those guys will play more in blowout situations and stuff like that. 
But I think for now, you want to keep things simple, especially with a new system in place. You want to make sure everyone's on the same page and the simpler, the better. So I think DeMar and Jeff Green have opportunities to get on the floor. But I think it's going back to what, what uh, Mo said, a break in case of emergency type situation. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you go back even to his Phoenix days, like by playoff times, D'Antoni is going to like seven guys. So, you know, that means your main guys are playing like 38, 39, 40 minutes, sometimes 44. Like it gets kind of crazy in that sense. So, you know, I think those guys are just there to to help kind of bridge that and 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 eat minutes. I don't I don't look at them and and, and I could be wrong. And there'll be a game here and there where like Jeff Green will go off and, and and have like a really nice night. But for the most part, I don't think they're going to have a major, major impact unless somebody gets hurt and they have to step up. And I think that's what it's, that's really what they're there for. I think that's kind of the most important aspect of bringing these guys in is to continue to, to have that depth that they, they need, especially if they're going to go with this really small lineup. Yeah. And, and best case scenario, you have someone in Jeff Green who's, athletic, who's lengthy, who can hit an outside shot, who can also put the ball on the floor. He can seize a score. DeMar Carroll is a typical 3 and D guy who can spread the floor, hit shots, and defend different positions. So at best, it's picking up two guys that can be of service. But we've seen over the years, guys that are added around the buyout time off the fridge and, you know, market, they don't really contribute that much. So <laughs> we'll see how, how much they actually impact the Rockets right now. But I mean, it's two depth signings, so you couldn't ask for a worse situation. Great answers. So the next thing we're going to talk about is something that a couple of people were curious about, and that is how other stars view James Harden. So at Kim Brian Leone asks, how do other stars view James Harden and his play? Are they a bunch of Giannis, parentheses, haters, or are they like KD, parentheses, a real one, and appreciate what they see? And then at Zeeland 2015 and at El Chapo Harden, ask why Giannis hates Harden so much. <laughs> let's, let's let's start with the the first question, which is how players view him. I think Harden actually has like a very split view in the NBA. I think some players admire him and his skill and his ability of what he's able to do. And I think there are some guys who who don't like the the fouls, don't like the foul hunting, and 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 necessarily the style that he plays. I think it's really kind of split. I I, I feel like it's almost fifty fifty in that sense. How, how do you feel about it, Kelly? Yeah, uh, I think I agree with you. There are basically two schools of thought around the league. The guys that well, everyone respects his scoring acumen and his ability as an All NBA type player, MVP caliber type player. Some players like. Paul George <laughs> might not be, you know, as acting to, you know, how he plays exactly. And other players, you know, maybe guys around DeMarcus Cousins, guys like that, maybe the Warriors, maybe they don't really like the fouls and everything like that. But there are other guys that also respect what he does and respect the load he has every night and, and the ability to, I guess, lead a team. So, and, and my big, my big thing is like, if you're upset with all the fouls, like I don't like some of the foul hunting he does, but you got to be upset at the refs more than him. He's he's doing his job. He's playing within the rules yeah. and, and and drawing fouls. That's you got to be upset with how the game's officiated or 
or, or, or you got to figure out how to play defense a little bit differently, you know, but if you reach or if you put your hands out there, he's going to draw that foul on you. And you should know that by now. I mean, we've have enough evidence at this point. You just not reading the scouting report, but I think it is kind of split in that sense. Now, in terms of why does Giannis dislike him? I don't know how much he dislikes him, but I'm sure some of it has to do with him, you know, Harden saying like, yo, I, w- I should have been the MVP last year. I mean, I feel like that's kind of where a lot of yeah, this stems from. Yeah, I think that's where it started from just like last season was such a campaign almost for both of them. And there were you know, comments here and there about MVPs and, you know, load carrying and minutes managing. I saw a lot of per 30. Yeah, this is, this is weird to me, Mo. I don't really understand the point of bringing up per 36 all the time when you're talking about Giannis. I've never really understood that stat in general, per 36, but it's neither here nor there. But anyway, uh, between these two, I think it's just your typical, you know, superstars with their egos. Obviously, things are going to be said. I don't think deep down Giannis actually hates James Harden, but, you know, there is kind of some tension there, maybe, possibly. But uh, it certainly was on display this weekend. If you if you if if you feel like you know what what Giannis said was a shot at Harden, saying that we were we were trying to look for whoever he was guarding to score on. I mean, that's not the most glowing thing you could say about your fellow NBA player. But you know, what do I know? To me, Giannis was the MVP last year, and it wasn't close to me. I mean, Harden had a phenomenal year, but I felt like. Uh, Giannis's was was next level, and I felt like it was a deserved MVP in that sense. And every year it's a campaign, and the Rockets campaign for their guy every year as well. They should. I'm not not dissing them or, or upset with them or anything like that. That's what they're supposed to do. I felt like that was the thing last year. You know, the from the beginning, the the Bucks were there all year and and, and great, and, and the the Rockets struggled early, and, and you have to put some of that on Harden and, and granted he lifted them up and had a phenomenal scoring run. I, I I still feel like Giannis was the MVP. I still feel like Giannis is the MVP again this year. I feel like that's gonna happen. But I, it doesn't mean I think Harden was bad or anything like that, right? It's just like the guy just had a little bit of a better year. And I think that's where some of this bad blood comes from. But also Giannis doesn't strike me as the type of guy to want to have a lot of friends in the NBA. Like he doesn't, you know, he went at LeBron a bunch during All-Star game, you know, and, and and he's trying to kind of take that title. I've seen stuff where he says, like, I don't want to work out with other guys, you know, like that. The, the, he, he He's not trying to be friends. You know what I'm saying? Like he's coming to gut you. And and if that's the case, he, he ain't trying to be able to hang out with you afterwards. So like, I, I kind of respect that, though, Kelly. And in and, and a lot of ways, he's kind of like Russ in that, you know, killer instinct, you know, super competitive, not your friend, get away from me type thing. I think people take it the wrong way. Sometimes if you're a Rockets fan, just hearing him talk. But Giannis is very blunt. You know, he doesn't sugarcoat. He doesn't he doesn't bullshit you. Yeah, Giannis is just that guy that wants to win at all costs. He doesn't see anything as a gimmick or a game, like an all-star game. He's gonna dive in the he's gonna die for a lose ball. He's gonna go into the stands. He's gonna want to defend LeBron James and block him and pump his chest and all that stuff because he is a a super competitive guy. So I don't think you can fault him for that. You know, are you, and besides, I don't think Harden even cares about that. Like, I think it's something that people care about more than the actual people involved. 
I think it's your typical, you know, NBA Twitter, you know, obsession. I don't think Giannis cares. I don't think Harden cares. I think it's it's a to me it's a non-issue. Yeah, it, it ain't really a big deal. It'd be fun if they got to the finals and we could see that battle out. But yeah. I don't think that's in the cards. <laughs> Sa- Sasha, next question. I'm sure that's not going to get any fans upset with me there. All right. So let's move on a little bit. I think we want to talk about right now at King Selassie 18, which I wonder, I mean, his name is probably Selassie, but that reminds me of one of my favorite uh, Great British Baking Tournament uh uh, contestants huh. of all oh, time. Boy. Anyway, at King Selassie 18 asks, well, it's not really a question, but it's more a request. Prediction on record versus top teams after All-Star break. Teams above 500. The Rockets right now are 14 and 11. What? Against teams above 500. That is surprising. Against teams currently above 500 or above 500 when they played them? This is what I got on ESPN's expanded uh, Standings, guys, this is a gotcha. last second sort of look. <laughs> Any further questions will need to be directed elsewhere. What do you think, Kelly? Where are they going to finish in this standings? Like, uh, what's your prediction for that? This is a hard one. The past two years, we've seen the Rockets turn up the Jets after the All-Star break. I think we'll see more of the same. I think it's certainly possible. But I talked to James after the game. I asked him what the biggest key for that to happen. And he said health. You know, if, if they haven't had everyone healthy at the same time for an extended period of time. And while every team has injuries, you know, that's certainly something that, that's affected the Rockets for a while. So I think if they can get that health together, they have a good chance as anyone to, you know, make a run. But it does depend on the health, first and foremost. I mean, that's the obvious answer, right? Like for everybody, health is going to matter. I don't know if it's as much as it, it plays into health, but I think the important thing for them is minutes distribution during this run. You know, during this stretch, like you want to try to get into the playoffs a little fresh. Everybody's going to be tired. Everybody's going to be dinged up here and there going to the playoffs, but you want to at least feel like these guys have some energy. And I think that's what goes back to signing those, you know, Jeff Green and Carroll and and hoping these other guys kind of can step up and, and get going. Is you just kind of hope you can at least be able to buy, you know, hard in a game here and there. Like the thing is, Okay, I actually have some more information for you, if that's yes, helpful. Yes, go ahead. So there's 12 games against current playoff teams, like teams that would be in the playoffs uh, if they just went out. So I think there's like about like 30-something yeah. games left. So they have 12 games. Jazz, Grizzlies, Celtics, Clippers, uh, Lakers... Mavericks, Bucks, Pacers, Sixers, Mavericks, Raptors, and Grizzlies. And then the rest are against like the crappy teams, you know, the Suns, the Spurs, the Wizards of the world. So with 12 games left, you know what? They'd be in good shape if they go 500. Yeah. Like that's, I I know that's a simple call there, but I think 500 is probably about what I would say. I think for me, I think they they can go seven and five, eight and four, but it really depends on. For some reason, they do not play well in Philly. I think the crowd really plays well, and the Dallas game. Those are going to be two important games, and the Lakers for that matter, because they're going to be especially if especially if they're back. We don't know how many of those are back to backs. Yeah, they have three more back to backs in uh, the season. So that's three more games that Russ is isn't going to play. 
So, you know, it's 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 that kind of stuff. But let's just say I'm my prediction is they go six and six. I'll put them at eight and, and those four. remaining twelve. I'll put them at eight and four. Okay, Kelly. Okay. And then, you know, to kind of piggyback on that, where do you think they finish in the standings? Because oh, they are they are right now fifth. fifth. I think they finish I think I think they can finish third. I think so. They, they need a lot of luck because you have to also factor in the two teams above them. They have to lose enough games for you to, to make up that ground. But if they can, who, is it the Jazz and who's who's for Clippers. 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 Oh. See, I don't think, I, I think that, I think, I think they're, they're, I think they might be, oh, that might be the worst case scenario for them. I think they might, there's a good shot that they're locked in that four or five. Uh, and that would be yeah. terrible for them. It's the most interesting matchup, right? A Utah-Houston playoff matchup because it's two such drastic styles. And, and and I think it gets really interesting in that regard. Um, I think they're going to stay where they're at at fifth. Mo, um, the Jet, if they're playing a series, it's not going to be interesting. It's going to be it's going to be how it was last year. The Rockets are going to win two games. The Jazz are going to win game three at home. Real emotional, super loud. The Rockets will come back, find a way to eke out a Close victory and come back and end it at home. That sounds gonna happen. So the, the Jazz cannot, they're not built to beat that Rockets team. I don't know what it is, uh, especially if Eric Gordon can reconjure some of that magic he had against Donovan Mitchell last season, because that man was in Harris County Jail. Yeah, but that's that's counting on a lot considering the the season Gordon has had injury wise. True, that's very true. So so I'm not I'm not gonna go. I wouldn't put it past six way. games though. I wouldn't. I, don't. I think it's a lot closer than you think. Huh? And, but we could get there. That's a conversation for us to have in April. Yeah. But, but I think they I think they're right. I think they stay in the fifth seed. I don't think OKC or Dallas catches them. Uh they're they're both a game and a half back. I, I don't think they get there. So you think I they think start that, out on the road in the playoffs? Whoa. Yes. That would be brutal. <laughs> so, so I think that's where it gets interesting. And that's and that regard, but that's that's where I think that goes. You know, I know you're hoping they get the Clippers so you can come to L.A. Again. Oh my lord, I hope they get the Clippers. <laughs> what you want is you want them to finish fifth because you, and you want the Clippers to fall to four, and, and and that way you can get L.A. You want them to beat the Clippers, then you want them to play the oh, Lakers in the perfect. next round, and then oh, stay in L.A. Snap. even longer. Like I know what you're working for. I know what you're working on, Kelly. I see how the wheels I'm, are I'm turning. I'm also fine with Dallas. I'm also fine with Dallas. If the, if yeah, if, Dallas is a, that's a long shot. Dallas. Is how many games? Game. How many games behind Dallas is Houston? Houston is ahead of Dallas a game and a half, and they're behind the Clippers by how much? Houston's two and a half behind the Clippers. Two and a half? Oh. oh man, I don't know. With one with with one game against the Clippers, I'm which a, means I'm obviously it's almost it's third. almost. I might have to walk back that third. That might. Oof. I think they're stuck. I think their best bet right now is to hope. Well, 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 well I'll say this though: you, we don't know the extent of Paul George's injury, so that that's one thing to consider. Um, I know they just signed Reggie Jackson for some injury depth, but you never know. Um, you, you also never know with Utah. Like it's so it's 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 still a long way to project, yeah. It's still it's still that's... a lot of games left, so. I'll, but I'm, I'll still, I'm, I'm going to say this day. I still think the third. I think so. All right. Well, I'm saying they stay at five. I think that's the case. Yeah. Sasha, what's the next question? All right. 
we have actually talked about this a little bit. We talked about this at the beginning of the season because it was kind of important to like set the tone. And now we're sort of in the final stretch uh, hitting February and March. So it's time to talk about it again, probably. At FF underscore pickups asks, what do the Rockets have to do for the season to be a success title or bust losing seven games in world (laughs) world in Western conference finals? Kelly, what you got? I think it's title or bust for Houston. They have very high expectations of themselves because they've, they've been there. They've done that. They've been to the conference finals. They've lost in seven. They've, They've lost in the second round. So I don't think getting to the conference finals again would, would, Maybe to people outside the team, they would see it as a, a pretty good season. But to James, Russ, Coach D'Antoni, those guys, I think it would be a failure because they put such heavy expectations on their shoulders. I think anything less than a title or at least getting to the finals would be a disappointment for them. All right, so for me, like that's their expectations. I just think their best case is, is their second round out. That's, that's, I think, their best case, the way it's set up now. I just... I don't think they would beat the Lakers in a in a second round matchup. But what I like about this team, what I like what the Rockets have done is they're taking a big swing. Right? Like, look, we all with the Capella trade, like I think before that, I think we all kind of felt like they weren't at the championship level. I don't think they're at the championship level now, but what they're trying to do, they're like, hey, screw it. We're gonna go out, we're going out our way. We're gonna give our co- we're gonna give the coach the roster he's always dreamed of. Going small, let's shoot a ton of threes. Let's let's you know see if we can can't catch teams off guard. See if we can't if we play this style. If we can't force teams to have to try to play with us, in which case we'll be able to beat them. I kind of like that they're taking this big swing and a big risk. Uh, let's be honest, you and I both felt like D'Antoni was gonna be out this year, anyways. Yep. Um, and and so you know what, let him go out coaching the way he wants to coach. So I think they're taking a big cut. I understand these guys are feeling finals or bust. I don't think finals is realistic for them, but I think they're they're I, I, I respect them taking this cut. Like I respect Maury for making that move. It's gutsy. It's ballsy. I think it's, it's interesting to watch. It's fat. It's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. So I got a lot of respect for them in that regards. And hey, man, let's let's see how it goes. But I, I just can't see them getting out of the second round, Kelly. Well, um, I think that also d- d- depends on you know the standings. If if they can somehow, some way, find some magic potion to get them out of that four or five, then the sky's the limit. But if they're if they're locked in right now, I think second round might be, you know, their demise. Just because the Lakers, I don't know. I I don't think. That team is getting beat four out of seven. But on the flip side, I also haven't seen, you know, the Rockets get beat four out of seven apart from, you know, the Warriors. So it's, it's certainly interesting. So I think well, I mean, I, it's, I just it all think comes down to, to, to standings. So. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I just think their style will, will this five you know, yeah. small lineup will get exposed more in the playoffs than it will in the regular season, whether that's in the first round or the second round. But I think it's going to, it's going to come back on them at some point. Yeah, I think there's, there's going to be one game where they give up like 25 second chance points in the first half and Mike D'Antoni is pissed off and he throws Tyson Chandler or Hartstein back in the game. To- He's stubborn. I don't think he would. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he, said, he, said, he said that was a, that would be the only way he would bring a center back in the game. Like if they're wow. again destroyed to a point where it's like, all right, 
<laughs> you have to be in some kind of size, but yeah. Got to change something up. And, and, and that might be where Jeff Green comes in. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, you got any more questions? I just have one more. Perfect. And I tried to do this in sort of a like small view to big view um, order. And here we have <laughs> quite a large view. At Reezy Season asks, what do the Rockets look like in four years? I'm not sure why four. Maybe you know why four. Four years. Wow. Hell, I don't even know what the hell they look like next year. I don't know how we're supposed to project four, four weeks. <laughs> but um, uh, four years. Wow. Okay, I'll say this. Everybody is gone. Mike is gone. Daryl's gone. Tillman is still there. James. Oh, at thirty-four. Maybe he retires in Houston. I'll say. I'll say James is still here. I think he loves the city too much. Russ. Do you do you really think Russ and James are going to be here at age 34, 35 on the no. la- on the last years of, of of those monstrous deals? Do you think I, so? I I, I I I don't know. I I don't feel like both of them will be there, and I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised if both of them are. I would bet it's more likely both of them are gone than both of them are still there. Okay. Well, yeah. I think uh, the team looks very different. They 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 end up going younger because they're left with no choice. They'll have to, where the draft picks go, though. Oof. <laughs> you made all these moves to get, to get Russ. Oh, man. Oh, man. Boy, this is not going to look pretty. That's very tough. Oh, Lord. They better win the title. What about next year? Well, next year, you have a bit more flexibility and you have a bit more leeway in case you do trade to Eric Gordon, you know, because you, you do have a system where maybe you're not so dependent on his talent anymore if you can rely on your defense a bit more. With the small ball, but I think I think that's where Covington comes in. Yeah, right. Like it, Covington it gives is him the, a buffer. The, it gives him yeah, a buffer. Like, if you lose an Eric Gordon, you still have a three and D guy who's exceptional. So next season might look a bit different. They'll probably bring somebody else in. You know. Well, I, I think next season I think we're gonna have a new coach. Oh, I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Mike. It's, if he goes. Mike, uh-huh. you can ask anybody around the league. He's probably the best coach to talk to. Like, he's just so funny. And he's just so, like, down to earth. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And we take it for granted. I, I do. A lot. So, I hope he stays. But, you know. I th- I, unfortunately for you, Kelly, I think Mike is gone. Yeah. I think, I think Eric Gordon probably gets moved in the offseason. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I I'm gonna go fifty fifty whether Morey's still there or not. That's I I and, and, I mean we know everything that's happened over this year. I'm not a hundred percent sure he's gonna stick around. Um, and then that's where things begin to get interesting, you know. And and, and I think that's where that's where you might start to see more wholesale changes with the team. But I think next year's team will probably look a bit different. My guess is they'll probably have a big guy on the roster. <laughs> it might be, it, and honestly, it might be trading Gordon for a big man and and, and a couple of picks or something. But trade for Capella, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, I was thinking trade to OKC to get Stephen Adams and a couple of those picks back. But hey, the math <laughs> works for Eric Gordon. Hey, so. you know. But uh, I, I don't. I'm just throwing that out there. Please, guys, don't come I'm at me just going, like, Why would OKC do that? Yeah, yeah. I'm just. Kidding. We are just screwing around right now at this point. But yeah, I, I just think it's going to be a very, very different team at a roster next next year. 
and a different playing style. I think it's just going to be, I think next year is going to be very different. I think this is kind of the last year of this, this iteration of the rock. Going back to the beginning of the season, this, this era, quote unquote, is going to be, you know, possibly the, the end of an era for this kind of version of the Rockets. So a lot of it rides on the playoffs. Well, actually, all of it does. So we'll see how that goes. But I think there will be a change in the tide in the summer. Yes. And with that, I just, again, I want to thank everybody for sending questions. Uh, we tried to get to as many of them as we can. I think we got to pretty much all of them. Last thing I want to say is if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, I highly recommend you do it. Check it out. Theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard. Get 40% off on an annual subscription. Make a point, folks. Jump on that while you can. That way you can read all of Kelly's amazing writings. I know he's got a pretty big piece coming out here pretty soon. Uh, highly recommend you check his stuff out and all the writing across the athletic, across all the sports. Uh, whether you're a Houston fan and you want to check out those cheating Astros or the Texans, <laughs> you got all of that stuff. Um, you got everything across the NBA, the MLB, <laughs> football, everything. You know, yeah, I took my shot. Deal with it. Uh, and and we go with that. So for Kelly Eco, for Sasha Ashaw. Wait, wait, and for wait, me, wait, 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 wait. I can't, I can't get away with it. Before that? you go. Deep this pizza is a scam. Stop it. Quit the production. Pack it up. Go home. That's my also no, takeaway. No, no, uh, no. Sasha, I don't agree with Sasha. Those. Cut this out of the pot. Deep we don't. Dish, we don't need this blasphemous. Deep we don't dish need- pizza is mm. over hyped. Stop it. Full stop. Period. Okay, so Kelly has terrible food takes. That's what we learned at the end of this podcast. Period. Today. That's what it is. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you can have bad food takes, Kelly. It's okay. We can't all be great like me. It's all right. You got a bad food take. It's It happens every now and it's then. It's not a bad food take. It's, it's- all right. For Sasha. <laughs> for Mo. <laughs> for Kelly. Hit it. We out. We out.